Yeah, I'm over here sounding like LeBron. Making up my own worries and shit. LeBron could be doing that shit. Hey, that nigga just be talking shit. LeBron don't know what he be saying, man. Hey, still the GOAT, though. All right, all right, all right. Yep, we're coming in hot. Yep. Yo, yo. Check one, two. Oh, episode four. We at it again. Hey. Bitch. Hey, damn. I was, about to kick a, I was about to kick a high eight real quick. <laughs> I forgot my shit. But you know what's crazy? I felt like as a teenager, you always had to have a hot 16 on you if you were a black male. Because you never know when you're going to end up in a cipher. Never. Dog. Get fucked up and the nigga just go to rapping. They used to be like, Desmond, just sit down. Like, if I, I just get to say, Jimmy, I can never rap. Like, I was never the rapper. Oh, bro, if I didn't come with some written shit I and, I, and, I, and I try to freestyle, I'll get laughed out. Like, that's never. Yeah, I was never the rapper. Like, I didn't. <clears throat> I wasn't the rapper guy. Hold on, I might have one for him. Uh, uh, right, 16. Cats and dogs. Uh, uh, uh. Cats and dogs. Yo, you know what I want to see? I want to see Desmond Curry versus Chocolate Dropper. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. That shit'll be the hottest shit. I eat that nigga. Chocolate dropper. That'll be the that'll be the hottest battle rap ever. Like it'll be on, it'll be on what's that? What's caffeine. that? Mean? It'll be on caffeine every week, nigga. Chocolate dropper versus dead versus versus X curry. You know, speaking of that, I could just go out and give I could go and give out a little secret about season two. Okay, go ahead. Behind the scenes shit, Patreon. I'm just talking about shit. But yeah, go ahead, give out a secret. I'm going to do a battle rap show. I don't know how. I haven't figured that part out yet. But it's coming. But a battle rap show on Creative Genius Network is coming. Because I love it. I love it too much not to Not to have some it. kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? Not to, let's, not to have an avenue where people can share their talents. Man, I fucking love it, dog. Like, we're we waiting on um, Daylight versus Loaded Lux right now. And that's going to be... I, I hear a lot about Loaded Lux. Loaded Lux seems to be... He's, a, he's like the Jay-Z of battle rap. Yeah. I was going to say like the MJ, like and the Jordan he, of battle rap. He's, uh, no, he's like the, uh, he's the hove of battle rap and Murder Mook is the Nas of battle rap. They're like the two goats of it. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? okay, okay. And Smack is- Those are the two I hear the most about. Goat too. He's like Kobe. Yeah. They're MJ and, and, and or no, like no, they're MJ, Kobe, he's LeBron. Who? Uh, Smack. Oh yeah. Yo, Smack, Smack is just- I'm, nice with I've been on Smack since I was a fucking teenager, bro. The Smack DVDs, man, he's come a long fucking way. Smack White. We are back with the, the Gentleman's scenes. Yearbook, episode four. Four? This four? Okay. Episode, episode four. four. We a month in, baby. Yeah. The month of January. Thank, thank you, everybody, for supporting us month in. Yes, I appreciate Anybody who's it. watched, liked, supported, shared, commented, whatever. So, yeah. Look, we appreciate all of the uh, support, all of the uh, feedback, it's whatever. Been great. It's been amazing. We love doing it, and we love getting responses from you guys. We love the DMs, so we... Honestly, we, we really appreciate DM us with ideas. Like, not gonna lie, me, me and bruh, like we like to have our little like we we're D, DM us some ideas. Yeah, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> let's do see it. what you guys come up. Like, I just want to see. Not to like not to say we're gonna do all of them, but I just kind of want to see what you guys want us to talk about. 
Let's, you know I mean? let's get deep in their brain. Yeah, yeah. So, like I like to say, we are your Friday podcast. Entertainment yeah, yeah. purposes only. Bam, 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 bam. Some might be real. Hey, some might get edited like they did last week. Last week got a little <laughs> bit too real. Hey, I gotta, I gotta remember this is a family, a uh, family oriented podcast. <laughs> we can't talk about everything. Oh, yeah. last last week yeah. was wild. Yeah. Last so week this week we're, you know, we're gonna tame it down just a bit. Just a bit. It's gonna be. We're still gonna be entertaining. Yeah. But like I say. We like to indulge in alcoholic beverages. Yeah. Oh, got it right again. So let's go ahead and toast it up before we get so started, my guy. Right. All right, man. So it's been a week. What's been going on it's with you? It's been a week. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a productive week. Okay. Um, Anything new of, in your life? Yeah, getting... Well, so it kind of has a tie into what we're talking about this week. Perfect. Um. Not too long ago, I'd probably say about seven, eight months ago, I started an, an entrepreneurship journey. Dope. And it has been a journey, to say the least. Mm. Um, I, I, bro, I, I love it because it's on my own terms. Everything is on my terms. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult because everything's on my terms. No doubt. So I'm having to find the structure within myself, whereas I had gotten so comfortable with having somebody else Mm -hmm. tell me a structure, give me a structure on how my day was supposed to go. Now it's me figuring out what's the best way and most productive way for my day to go, mm -hmm. knowing that it's all on me. Like to me, it's trial and error. It, 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 it has to, to be, it has to you. be, you have to. And it's been an amazing, amazing journey. I'm starting to, um, so I, I've got a, a mentor, a guy named uh, David Emanitier, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the um, number one black uh, network marketer in America. Oh, you, you ain't got to tell me he was black. Yeah. What's his last name? David Emanitier. Yeah, yeah. He's black. <laughs> he's black. Shout um, out to you, my brother. So this guy, bro, like ever since I was introduced to this guy, watching his like YouTube videos and everything, it's just giving me a different mindset on life not just necessarily career and business but just on life and how to move like move with purpose and move with knowing that whatever your end goal is it's already done you're just trying to catch up with it. Mm. so everything you're working and doing is just trying to catch up to whatever your end goal is mm -hmm. you always got to move with the end in mind Okay. No matter what you do, you feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you never get tied down on what's happening right now. It's always a process. And like Joel and B them say, you got to trust the process. Shit, I wish Ben Simmons would so, trust the process. <laughs> <laughs> and get this, get this jumper together. Ooh. Um, but but yeah, so that, that's been, that's been my week has been a lot of uh, budgeting time and, and mm -hmm. money and, and figuring out exactly what roads um, are best for me to take in this entrepreneurship journey, because I feel like this is what's going to make me wealthy. No doubt. That's what we're all striving for in the end is oh, yeah. financial freedom. Yep. Even, even with the people who do have a job, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with the nine to five. <laughs> it's just that, that financial freedom, you, you want to be comfortable. You want to be stable. You want to be able to, uh, you want to be able to provide for your family. Right. That's the, so that's the key. That's to me, that is my end goal. I, I, I never had anything set in mind that I wanted to do, 
but I know I know my angle, and I've been getting there, you know. And just, just moving, knowing that that end goal is already taken care of. Yeah, you're just working to catch up with it. Like the the mental is where it all starts. Like I, it's a book that I've been reading, um, the science of getting rich. Mm-hmm. And the first chapter is is about the thinking stuff. Mm-hmm. And what every rich person has always known is that it starts in the mind. It starts on what you think. Mm-hmm. So you're on the, like, yeah. we're both on the right path as far as thinking of where our end goal is well, and for, whatever it needs. You know, it's crazy for me. My end goal is, is changed in life with my perspective mm-hmm. that I've always had. You know, you're, in my opinion, your perspective changes when you get older. You start, you start wising up. Yeah, so say my end goal in you know, 2007 was make enough money to be able to uh, live on my own. It was my first time. I graduated high school, went to college. So my end goal was, hey, make enough to survive. And I did. Mm -hmm. So a couple of years later, hey, you got a new job. You know, your end goal is let's make enough to buy your own car. Okay, we did that. that. So your end goal changes. Checking them off. Yeah, Yeah. your end goal changes and you just got to keep working. working I feel like that's how you stay hungry. You you keep inventing new goals Mm -hmm. because you're going to reach the ones that you set. As long as you continue to work, you're going to reach them. So, you know what I mean? Like you have to continue to set new goals or you'll get stagnant. You'll get complacent. Well, for me this past week, I would say my my goals have been to create new music for uh, the network. Oh, I, I meant to ask you about that. Yeah, because I learned that you can get copyright infringement on YouTube. It's, <laughs> it's real. You know, it I, is real. I don't know anything about this media shit. I'm, I'm brand yeah, new brand to new. it, trying to start something new from scratch. And it's and, trial and uh, error. Yeah, so I uploaded uh, an episode of K with Pop, which is uh, a K-pop show on the network. And I had the intro music to it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I uploaded it, they, like, they, as soon as you, they, they had a timestamp. They, they said, hey, from second two to second seven, this was a song that you were using. So you cannot monetize off of this. Video. Wow. But we'll allow you to Quick upload with it. Like, yeah. Wow. So I know that we're going to be growing and we're going to get our YouTube. Uh, we're going to get our YouTube channel better. We're working on getting more videos out now. So with that, I have to create new music that we can use. So that's all I've been doing. Uh, I work with Logic Pro. I have a couple new plugins that I'm using. So that's what I've been working on this past week. <laughs> been tired. A lot of late <laughs> yeah. nights. But it, isn't it isn't it worth it, though? It is, you know. Like, isn't it? Shit, a lot of caffeine. Yeah. But, yeah. Well... We can go straight into our superlative for this episode. Okay, what you got for us? Oh man, shit! I even I didn't even think about this one before. So this one's definitely going to be a freestyle. All right, cool, cool. Uh, ba 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 ba. Most likely to work the grave shift and not make shit. Shout out to Yay, old Yay. Okay, I've been. Working the grave shit. You know, you know what I'm you know what I'm proud shit. to say right now? <laughs> None of my niggas will work the grave shit and not make shit. Hey man. I felt him. I've been there. Like we've been there, but like that's that's why I say we won't do it again. Oh, for sure. You feel me? Like you, you know what? Cause the more experience you get, the more you know what you'll do. Exactly. And what you won't do. Yeah, and, yeah. and what you'll accept. Yep. Yeah. So and we know. 
graveyard shift making shit change, <laughs> not doing that again. Yeah, we like well, so you obviously have to pay your dues coming in in the, in the career world. Yeah, so, so obviously this episode is going to be about jobs and careers. We're going to be talking about how how we got here, pretty much. Yeah, how we got to sitting down doing a podcast together. Okay, that's I'll, good. I yeah. like it. I like it. I'll go ahead like and kick it. Off. I go ahead and kick it off. Um, I I started working. At, my junior year in high school, I started working okay. for a company called Vector Marketing. I think, I think the name of it was. I used to sell like no, no, no. It was uh, Cutco. I used to sell knives and shit. Really? Wow. Yeah. So you would like set up presentations with like your friends, parents, and shit. Try to get them to buy knife sets. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, stuff. and they would give you twenty bucks for every meeting you set up. So I just you didn't even have to sell anything. Knife, just sell anything. Yeah. Oh wow! So, so you were setting up a shit ton of meetings. bro. Between junior year and senior year, I was setting up meetings. That was my party money, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So that was okay. I like I that's crazy. I did not know that. Crazy, man. So that was my first little taste. And you know, my parents never made me get a job in high school. They said, Hey, if you play sports uh all four years in every season, we're not gonna make you get a job. So that's exactly what I did. So it was um it was new to me. So that was just kind of your thing. You just, you, yeah, you I, did that. I knew I wanted money going into college. Yeah. So I started doing that. And just to let y'all know, I feel like this podcast, we're just going to give you gems on how to make it in the work world as well mm-hmm. as telling our story because it's, it's a beast. It's real out here, especially like, in an office setting. Yeah. Working with, Older women, school does not prepare you for this. with lazy people. Man. There's so many different type of uh, co-workers that you can run into. And actually, I've been reading this book called Corporate Games by Alan Hirschfeld. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty dope. It breaks down the different type, uh, the different types people of co-workers. Yeah. So I just want to run through a couple. Okay. So the first is the workaholic. The too much work, not enough time. Yeah. I feel like those are some of the worst people. No, I I feel like you need that, bro. You need them. I'm not saying you don't need them, but like just to be around like some of those are some of the worst fucking like they're not in touch with life. They're just in touch with work. But you need those people to succeed for your business to succeed. No, I'm talking about as as a worker. I feel like if you're jumping into a job, say you're new to a job and you want to know how to make it. That you is gotta how train. you make it. Yeah, you you have train. to be the workaholic, bro. Yeah. In, in my experience, I'm a college dropout. I, I, I don't have a degree. Same here. Shit, I can Same barely here. talk on a fucking microphone. I still mil, uh, misspell words, you know? So, you know, it, it is what it is. But I've succeeded within the corporate world. And I feel like you have to be a workaholic to do it. So even if... If you're jumping into a job and you're at the very bottom, say it's an entry level job, you have to eat shit and just work. Pay your dues. You have to. You have to mind your business, yep. only worry about yourself yep. and just work. Yep. I would say my first management job, I was managing a law firm in uh, the Galleria area mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And there were nights where I would bring a pillow and a blanket and I would sleep under my desk until the next day, just working all night. And to me, that's the type of shit that you have to do. You know, it, it's there, there, there's another type of character in this book called, oh, the corporate player. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're in an entry level job, you have to be the workaholic. 
and the corporate player. Even though you don't want to, I feel like you have to buy into whatever that company is trying to do to succeed. You, you don't worry about other people's shit. Whatever the job tells you to do, whether you, you like it. it or not, yeah, you, do, you it. do it. You yeah. know, if you don't like your job, then you can work on the exit strategy. But for me, there were plenty of jobs that I didn't like, but uh, I bust my ass to stock, to, to fill my resume. You right. know what I mean? So I feel like you have to be, you have to be, you have to be a workaholic at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. Shit. What about you? I know in the entrepreneur world, it's a little different when it comes to so, being a workaholic because there's, there's no schedule. Actually, I feel like it ties into to what you just said. Like you have to be more of a workaholic when you're an entrepreneur than you would mm. in the corporate world because it's all on you. Like, and it's 24-7. It's tw It never stops. Yeah. It's all like it is my like, bro, my life never stops. Mm. It's an all the time thing. Like it feels like like tired isn't even a word anymore. It's just a way of life. It's just a way of life now. Mm -hmm. And until I get to a point where I can I can expand and delegate things, it's gonna be that way. And I just have to accept it. Like, and I can't, it, it, it was hard. I think that's why I'm so glad that I started doing the entrepreneurship way, is because I came from a person who did not want to be a workaholic. Like mm -hmm. I would get, I would go into jobs, into job interviews, like slick demanding management jobs before I was even in the door. Because I knew I wanted to be able to delegate work. You know what I'm saying? So it was like <clears throat> jump, jumping into the entrepreneurship game, it really flipped me on my head because it, it was all on me. Like I had to do everything. I still have to do everything. Just like you have to, like a lot, you've got, you're wearing a lot of hats when it comes to this network. Mm -hmm. Like that's that workaholic, but you were prepared for it. Mm -hmm. because of the way you worked in the corporate world. No doubt. So I feel like entrepreneurship is the workaholics game. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it works better for people who just don't mind going for it. And to get into another uh, type of coworker to be aware of, uh, the information hog. That is the person who is hoarding information for job security. I don't, I don't like those people. I've never been that type of person. Bro. Yeah, no, I don't like those people because when you hoard information, it, it doesn't do any good for the for the business, for the company. Sometimes I've even gone too far with sharing information. Like as yeah, I was an op. I'm not gonna give the exact title, but I manage uh, a couple of different uh, law firms with a couple a couple of different titles. But I would I'd be honest with my employees, mm -hmm. and I think that sometimes the owner, management didn't like the that. owner didn't like it, and yeah. we butted heads a lot. Yeah. And I feel like that's a that's a problem with not only just business and careers, but with with life in general. People are keeping too many secrets. At the end of the day, bro, it's a job. Yeah. But I'm a real. Yeah. I'm a real, bro. I I'm honest with everybody that I come in contact. Because we need to see the storm so that we can prepare for it. Man, to give you another story, at at one of these previous jobs, mm -hmm. there was an attorney who nobody liked. He was a dick. He was an asshole. He There's talked, always one. He talked down to the women in the office and shit like that. Those guys. But he never, he never tried me like that. So we were all out one night for a company event, mm -hmm. and I pulled him to the side. I said, "Bro, you're an asshole. People, people don't like you. You, you really need to change." And what's crazy is the owner respected that, but when I keep it honest in other ways, he didn't like that. You know what I mean? 
And I'm always honest, bro. I'm yeah. real, especially yeah. when it comes to being in the, in the corporate world, because people respect that. Right. You, ha- you have to build a good relationship yeah. because you never know when you're going to cross, cross paths when, you're gonna again, need again, yeah. when you need people. Again. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it sounds like the reason why he liked it in that situation, because it didn't really affect him. It, it helped him out because he didn't like him either. But in the ways that you do it in the office, they affect him. In, in his mind yeah. on the negative end. So that way, uh, but that's all perception. You know that what I'm saying? That's all perception. Like if I'm doing this for the good of the company, then just shut the hell up and my, let me do my job. Like I'm, if we're working and it, whatever I'm doing is working and the, co- and the company seems to be moving better with them knowing things. Yeah. But even to be even more specific with the information hog, I think that comes down to, like even your coworkers when you're not in management. Yeah. Say if you're working side by side with someone in a department and they're not sharing all, all the, the tasks with you. That the manager you know? is giving out and stuff like that. No, just like the stuff that they know to make their job go. Oh better. yeah, yeah. So definitely. say if say if your coworker knows about a certain report in the system that makes their job faster with their and they daily don't, tasks. Yeah. And you don't tell your other coworker about yeah, it. Yeah, that's a dick move. Just so you'll look better in the company. You know what I mean? So I've had, But it happens because that's that's the competitive nature of business. But you know what? You know I've, what I mean? I've always been competitive. I've always wanted to be better than always want to the have next man. Hand, but not like Wait, slimy ways. We'll, we'll get into that. But I feel, I feel like even with that, I've always kept it real. I've had I've had coworkers who sucked, who didn't know what the fuck they were doing, but I never went out of my way to make them look bad. I never hid information from them. I tried to help them. Because you realize if they suck like that, they're going to make themselves look bad. Come on. So why do I have to go out of my way and affect my job performance to make you look bad? Like any When you're already going to do that on your own. Anytime they would ask me questions, anytime they would call, I would never get an attitude like, hey, why are you asking me this? Yeah. I would always try to help. Yeah. And the information hog, though, you, you, you be careful of those. There's a there's another type of information hog that I don't like. Like, say, say you've got like that, um, like that number two, you know what I mean? And the, inf- the, the information is supposed to be passed down and they pass down partial information. I hate those people like those those lower management people that they get a message from up from upper management, but don't pass the entire message down. And then if something goes wrong, they like to blame the people under them. Like I had a couple of uh, co-workers like that. Not going to name any names or name any uh, places of employment, but I had a couple of co-workers like that who would not uh, give full information and, and it would affect the performance of the entire staff. And then they would look at the staff, like, what are you guys doing? You know, it's crazy. That is another, uh, that's another character, which is the fad fluffy administrative delegate. I hate, I, I hate those. Like, bro, that's probably the worst. Like if you're given, if you're, if you're in middle management and you're given like instructions or you're given tasks for the entire staff to be a part of, and you only come down with partial information. And then when shit goes wrong, you blame the staff, like, bro, kill yourself, bro. <laughs> straight. Like, I'm, I'm being real. I like, cause, bro, you're a dick. Like, at the end of the day, you're the type of people who make companies fail. Also, there is another type of coworker that you need to look out for, and those are the untouchables. Those are the ones that are like friends with the managers or like best friends with the owner who family work, members who work for the job. You can, 
be careful with those. Yeah, Never say get in real trouble wrong around yeah. them, or don't be too open with those people. Like, don't show them too much of your outside of work self, because exactly. then that gets back to the upper management. And no matter like, no matter how friendly or how close you think you are with the untouchable person in the mm-hmm. office, the friendly person, mm-hmm. they are never as loyal to you as, as they, they are, are to whoever it is that exactly. put them in that position. Because they're the ones in power. They want to stay there. They're the so ones they signing the you. check. They will always throw you under the bus. Like, I don't I don't ever trust that. I, yeah, I had that plenty of times where, and you could feel it. Like they try to get closer than you know they're supposed to be and try to find out things about you outside of work. Like they try to hang out. And mm-hmm. it would, so we would, I was working for a company. We're not naming any names. Mm-hmm. I was working oh, for I was working for ain't a company. Trying to get sued. And and you know, all of us coworkers after shifts, we would just kind of, you know, we kind of kick it. Um, just kind of kick it after work. And you would feel like when the people who weren't supposed to be there would come up. And I would always be that person who like I'd never say anything. Like I'd give all my people that like that nod, that like look and be like, yeah, no, nah, this motherfucker not supposed to be here. Like, we gotta go. Yeah, we can't and say then, they would know when I walk off that meant somebody was there who wasn't supposed to be there. Cause I would not, I, I, I like to have a good time. I like to, I like to enjoy life. So if I'm around people who I can vibe with and I can, I'm not just going to leave for no reason. So if I'm leaving and just dipping, you know, something's off. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I'm that kind of guy. Like if I, if I just get up and without hesitation, without warning, just get up and dip, you know, someone's vibe who has come around someone's aura, someone is off over here and I've got to get away from it. Cause I, I am a big proponent and big uh, advocate of energy and, and, and protecting energy and protecting vibes and protecting uh, mental, mental health and mental space. Like, bro, if I feel it, like I'm, I'm almost like an animal when it comes to that shit, bro. If I feel your vibe is off, I'm out. Mm. So I I do want to ask you a question, being that you've had a few more like corporate jobs than I have. um, And you've seen a different side of corporate world than I have. What is it like when you're dealing with, I want to say dealing with law firms, you're dealing with that upper echelon of like in their mind, their upper echelon of people. What is mm-hmm. it like dealing with that? Coming from where we come from, <laughs> you know, being crazy. the people that we are. You would, you would think, like? you would think being like uh, a black dude who loves hip hop and you know who's part of the culture. You would mm-hmm. think it'd be weird always working in a corporate setting with lawyers and paralegals and stuff like that. But bro, this shit is chill. I'm gonna is be honest. With okay, you. like I've only ran into a couple asshole attorneys. And obviously you'll always have the different type of coworkers that we've been talking about, mm-hmm. but I love it. Okay. So, you, you know I mean? so you've never had to run into that typical lawyer. Who's like, whose son wears the fucking, uh, the high fucking khaki shorts with the, with the hey, boat, man. with the boat shoes and <laughs> yeah. the polo. Hey, My dad's a lawyer, man. Like uh, you've never had to run into I that have. kind of, you know, it's crazy. A couple of jobs ago, um, the one in the gallery I was telling you about, uh-huh. uh, I was friends with the partner of the firm. Okay. So she she was an Asian lady. She was cool as shit. Me and her became pretty close. Right. Um, and for some reason, I found out a couple of years later, people thought we were sleeping together. That shit never happened. You know, it's, that's that's the I office gossip. That. I hate that the, that meant like, and getting off topic, and I'm going to let you get back. 
I hate that men can't be friends with women and not be sleeping with them. She was married, like, like so you think I'm just a dirtbag? Like, even if they're not, I hate the fact because I, I like I'm I, I love women, bro. Mm-hmm. And I love having just women be friends. Like, I don't have to sleep with all the women that I'm friends with. Well. And I hate the fact that because I'm a good looking guy and I like to be around women, they automatically feel like I'm sleeping with all of them. You know what's crazy? She was she was a she was a good looking Asian lady, but I never yeah. I never even never thought, even about, thought about, about fucking her. You know what it I mean? It wasn't about that. She, to me, she was like um she was more like a mentor. She was you know what's exactly. crazy? We were the same age, but she was already a lawyer and a partner. So in a she firm. was doing it. Yeah. yeah so like so why wouldn't you want to learn? Why wouldn't we want to be yeah, friends? Why wouldn't you want to so, be around? You know, I'd go over, we'd uh drink after work at her place, just talk shit. Mm-hmm. Uh she would put me on the game, teach me things. Uh-huh. So that's how I became um a manager at, at that firm because she's she saw that hey this this kid is busting his ass he wants to learn pick up on things so he, he does he makes minimal minimal mistakes because i got hired at that place from a temp agency so a temp agency they just needed somebody to come in uh do a couple of things but she ended up hiring me full time and then a couple of weeks later she gave me a manager's position wow so that's that workaholic yeah so i was a manager there and then a couple I would say a couple of weeks after I was made manager, they hired this uh, this guy, this white guy. I'm not going to say his name, but he. But was, you don't have to because the look on your face tells it all, was, bro. He was dating um, somebody in the owner's family, so that's how he got the job. Allegedly. One of the untouchables, allegedly. Yeah, he was one of those. Untouch- he was he was waiting for me to slip up yeah. or to get fired. He was one of those guys. Ah, yeah, he's one of those guys. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to deal with that shit. Yeah. I had to deal with okay. like a white man on my back, like, hey, I'm waiting for this motherfucker uh, to fuck up so I can take his job. You know what's crazy? I didn't fuck up. I ended up quitting that job instead of and cussing somebody out. There you go. Because okay, let's talk about that. With with the workaholic thing, you do have to sit down, eat shit, and work hard. Yeah, you have to deal but, with a lot. Yeah. But once you're no longer entry level. And once you actually know what you're doing in a certain type of field, you have a little wiggle room yeah. to not put up with shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with me, there was this dickhead attorney from Florida. Oh, so yeah, I did have a dickhead attorney. <laughs> so <laughs> no, no, that bitch had one no fucking attorney. He was a manager from uh, Florida. Okay. So he came up from our Florida office and me and him used to bump heads all the time. All over stupid shit. Like I'd come in. Shit um, that didn't need to have heads. Exactly. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So one day I was uh, I was working, doing my shit. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I had my headphones in and I had my hoodie on. And, just working. Yeah, as you do. This motherfucker comes up to me, taps me on the shoulder. He was like, hey, Desmond, um, you can't have your hoodie and headphones on while, while you're in here working. I said, excuse me? He was like, yeah, you know, that's against company policy. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to need you to take off for the rest of the day. Bro, I sent in my two weeks as soon as he got back to his decks. I'm, I am I don't play that shit. As, yeah, no. as much as as no. much hard work as I put in here, as much as yeah, I no. fucking sleep here, work overnight, you're you're going to tell me I can't listen About to music? a dress code? In a, in a fucking dress code? <laughs> in an office where people so, don't even come in. Okay. So to me, I think it was him trying to flex a little authority, knowing that he was closer to the owner being that our headquarters were in Florida. Where he, he was worked. the kid with the khaki shorts and, and the boat shoes. My dad's a long. Yeah, he was and that then on, kid. And then on top of that, um, my mentor was uh, already gone by that time. 
So he was definitely. You had no other reason. He, he was to trying say. to flex. And yeah. I said, fuck it, I'm out. Out. And two, and weeks, they're two weeks probably later, they're probably kicking themselves. Two weeks later, day. I got another job. They're, they're probably kicking themselves to this day for letting you go. So at some point, you do have to eat shit. Yeah. But once you get established, you have a little wiggle room not to take no fucking shit. As long as you have a backup plan and as long as your resume is good to where you can say, hey, you know what? I can get a, another job if shit goes wrong. You 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 can tell people you can tell people the truth. So that that, that ties into another one of the lessons um, that I learned from not only just that mentor I was telling you about earlier, but just a couple of different people that I've listened to. Your. Your your ability to 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 uh, not have to deal with shit is based on the value that you bring. So if you're bringing the amount of value that a company cannot do without, you've pretty much got free reign. Well, with that, you have you do have to be careful like, with you've that. You've got you've got only, to be very only because with with that you can be replaced at the drop of a dime. Let's not get it mistaken. They they can fire you and replace you, but you have to be. But that's why I said the value. If yeah. your value is to the point where they can't replace you at the drop of a dime, mm-hmm. and there are people in companies who have well, built themselves, like like how you did I in a couple a of companies. That. I have a story for that. Like have, who have built themselves to the point where the company realizes that if this person leaves, our company is going to take a hit that we cannot bro, afford to take. Bro, at my last job. That type of value gives you, gives you a certain level of yeah, for sure. of leeway and, and resilience when it comes to dealing with certain shit in the corporate world. So at, at my last job, not the one I'm at now, um, I was working directly with the owner of the firm mm-hmm. and there was a paralegal there that he did not like for personal reasons. <laughs> I, I'm not going to get into that, That's, yeah. but he did not like her at all. And I would say for months, he was like, Desmond, figure out a way to let her go for me. But at the end of the day, we couldn't. She she did her much. value was she too great. Too she she did she did four people's jobs and it, that's what it like that's exactly like the owner does not like you but your value is so great so he can't figure out a way to let you go. Eventually, you know, um, I'm not sure how that situation played out because I was already gone. Mm-hmm. But for months, there was nothing that he could do. That's crazy. Nothing. Like, and that's I think that that was what really pushed me to the edge of like wanting to be an entrepreneur bro, because I know that the level of value that I can just bring to, to unlimited amount of people's lives through doing it the right way, the right way, mm. you know, it's crazy, like, bro. And I can, I have the freedom to do it the right way because I don't have anybody over me telling me, Hey, you got to do it like this. Hey, we need to do it like this for the partners or being in bad you know jobs. I mean? It makes, you know, what? I feel like that is, that's a plus that some people don't have, you know, like the, the people who just get granted money from their parents to start a business. <laughs> they don't know what it's struggle, like man. to go to work shitty jobs. Yeah. So with us being you being a full-time entrepreneur, me being a half-time entrepreneur, yeah. we, we already have an advantage. So when this duck, when this network gets bigger and it grows and we get more people, I know how to run shit properly. Like even with that last job where I butted heads with the owner of that firm, I still respect him to this day. Like we, we, we cuss each other out. So I did, I, I cuss that motherfucker out and that's the day I, I put in my two weeks. But at the end of the day, um, Damn, where's I going with that? What was I saying? Fuck. Damn, I lost it. But you respect him. 
Uh, why? Why not respect that some bitch? Fuck him. Probably just for how he was business or something. Oh yes. About. Okay, exactly. <laughs> so fuck him, but I do respect him because he put me in a position to learn how to run a small business. So I made a leap from being, you know, just a worker in the firm mm-hmm. to now learning the inner workings of the firm okay. from the accounting to the QuickBooks uh, to where to, when you need to, to set up your own stuff to, you, can, you know, you trust accounts for money, you know, yeah. all to business license, all that shit. I learned because you put me in that position, which brings us to another good topic, which is the, uh, Oh, the Peter, the Peter principle. Mm. So the Peter principle is, when someone gets promoted within a company mm-hmm. because of the work that they did in their last position and they fail in the new position because they weren't properly prepared and they were incompetent for that position, mm. that's called the Peter principle. And that happens a lot. That could have happened to me. I was in the position where I knew I had a set certain of skills, a certain set of skills within a certain very specialized industry. Mm. So once I got promoted from that position to pretty much an executive position, I didn't want to fail. I was, I was nervous. I was like, how, how am I going to learn this? I didn't want to become a victim of the Peter principle. You know, I didn't want to fail at my job. I didn't want to look incompetent. So bro, there were nights where I would, you know, again, stay the night there. I had 24 hour access. I would come home. I would work when I got home, I'd work on the weekends and I I learned how to do it. Almost forced yourself to learn. I flourished. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it wasn't if it wasn't for me and the owner bumping heads on the way the business should be ran, uh, no, his and his feelings upon me, you know, I felt that was you probably. Would I, I know how to run a business. So yeah. once we get this network going, I know how to do it the right way, and that's how I know we're going to be super successful. Super tight. Now. Super tight. Like I think us having worked shitty jobs in the beginning as as I feel everybody should. I feel like that's like a, a rite of passage in the business world, whether you go corporate or entrepreneur, you've got to go through the shitty jobs just so you can like Tell if, me you, about if you don't learn from the bottom up, you'll never, you'll never succeed you, at the top. You can't go back down. You'll never succeed at the top. Just like, like in promotion. You can never just you can never go back. You watch the people who start at the top. And when they fail, they can never come back up. Mm. But you watch the people who came from the bottom and made it to the top. And if their company ever, if their company for any reason ever tanks, they can rebuild it. No problem because they know how. Mm. Yep. Like Bro, it's I- a know how thing. I-, I was watching, um, I was watching NBA, uh, NBA, the jump or something this morning and Isaiah Thomas and them, and I was watching YouTube and everybody, they were talking about Michael Jordan and how great he was and why he was so great. And a lot of people was like, yeah, it was talent. Yeah, he was like just so talented and athletic, but it was his know-how. Like Mm. when you know how to do some shit, you know it. There's nothing, you can't, that can't be taken from you. Like- Knowledge is power, bro. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is the new currency. Mm -hmm. If you know shit, you know, like you can get into doors you're not supposed to be in. And there's another thing I like I want to touch on. I wanted you to watch. I was going to tell you about 
It's called The Black Godfather on Netflix. It's about yeah. a guy named Clarence Avon. You've seen that. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think it was a show on, uh, it was a TV show. So with, they've got uh, the documentary. They just put the wow, documentary okay. on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, Clarence, a, Clarence, bro, you got to go watch. This dude, his know-how. Like, bro, he wasn't, he wasn't some great actor, some great musician, some, some great, like, politician. But he was indoors with literally everybody from Bill Clinton to Barack Obama, to Sam Cooke, to uh, helping Andrew Young with his Congress campaign, to fucking Jimmy Carter with his presidential campaign. A black guy in this era, in that era, helping white politicians with their campaign. Like, bro, that shit was unheard of. This guy was un, like, when it comes to being like an entrepreneur and a businessman and, and one of those moguls that we both are striving to become, like, this guy is it, bro. Mm. Just that, like that, that saying of it's not always what you know, but who you know, he embodies that shit, bro. Like when I tell you this man knew everybody of the era, anybody who was somebody came across this man to get a deal done or to get some shit done. It wasn't that he was the best at anything. He knew everything. Mm. And I think that's where I'm starting to like. It's it's between it's, I'm at a tour I'm at a tear between that and another Bruce Lee uh, I, I want to say it was Bruce Lee a, a quote um, I might butcher this I'm like I'm gonna get it right I'm gonna put it somewhere probably in the comments of this when we put it on Instagram or something on my page he was saying I don't fear the man who's mastered ten thousand punches I fear the man who's mastered one punch ten thousand times mm-hmm. like that sh- bruh. I feel like I'm trying to I, I'm, in, I'm I'm moving from trying to master too many things to try and master this one entrepreneurship goal. Like this is the thing that I am trying to master and become like fucking Michael Jordan at, bro. I feel you, man. I feel you. Well, shit. I think that that was good. We, that was a good. Are, are we gonna do a Bond Award this week? Because I kind of want. I've got a. I've got a nomination for a Bond Award this week. And we will be back with the Bond Award episode four. Episode four. And we are back. Let's go ahead and wrap up this episode. And we are going to give out our Bond Award. Yeah, yeah. Bond Award. What you got for us, Jay? So uh, this week I had... A, a a bond award that I feel is is was deserving of the bond award should have gotten it first week. That was I slipped up on that. I should have uh, done a better job with that one. But this one, I feel like it's probably the most deserving bond award we'll give out on this show. Mm. And um, I want to give that to you, brother. Oh, I appreciate that, man. Uh, just for. For having the foresight and the vision to really, oh, a nigga got a bond award, bitch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> to Thanks, come up, to guy. come up with this whole network, man. To, to, to really, and not only come up with it in the mind, but to turn it into something real. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it takes a lot, bro. And to say that I'm proud of you is an understatement, bro. Like that shit is like the shit you've been doing with this is incredible to say the least. I appreciate that, man. And to be completely honest, it wouldn't be shit if I didn't have the the tight crew that I have around me now because an idea is just an idea until yeah. you can put it uh into the universe you know mm-hmm. what I mean mm-hmm. and I knew that this would take 
a solid group of people who'd be willing to buy in, to put in the time, to not quit, you know, to be, yeah. to be consistent and just, just to come in and talk shit for <laughs> an hour a week. You know what I mean? Yeah. So everybody who's a part of it, shit, I, I feel like the bond awards go to everybody besides me because yeah. man, you guys, especially you, man, you've, you've been my friend for shit, 20 plus years. Yeah. We've been holding it Decades. down. This podcast, shit, this shit was destined to be, you know, yeah. if if you would have said we would have had a podcast or starting our own business while we were, you know, in our teens, I would like, yeah, I, I, can, I can see, see that. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. And and like, yes, I, this is going to touch the both of us because it's something your dad used to always say to us. Um, this is our city to run. Mm hmm. It's our time to run it. Hey, you know what I mean? Like that's a fact. That's the one thing he used to always tell the both of us when we were always together, bro. And I'm not like, it, it's 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 meaning something more to to me now yep. that we're actually on the path to to running our city, bro. It's like, crazy that he saw something in us so long ago see. that we had no clue about. We were bro. just worrying about going out, getting drunk, fucking with bitches. You know what I mean? He knew. He but, knew. You know. He he always gave us jewels and gems to live by. Yeah, and always. Now we just gotta put them to use, man. There it is. There it is. Episode hey. four, y'all. Like four. Hey, we gonna keep the fire coming Come for y'all, man. This is this is only the beginning. Y'all stay tuned. Y'all stay plugged in with us. Creative Geniuses Network, Gentlemen's Yearbook Podcast. All gone. We out. Bitch. Bye.